Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Good evening, everyone. I thought it was going to be a tag there. I, I progressed from being a guest speaker to being a part of the house, and I was attacked straight away. Did you notice that? <laughs> uh, praise God. Uh, lovely to worship together tonight. Thank you, worship team, uh, for bringing us in. Uh, thank you, Danny, for leading us around the Lord's table. Always, we have to always go back to that sacrifice. That, that, that's where our confidence comes from, isn't it? You know, we know that he did... He, he performed that sacrifice perfectly, more than adequate, an abundant sacrifice. We can come in with confidence, with joy, knowing our sins are, are forgiven. Hallelujah. So we're, we're in Matthew tonight, a little bit seasonal. Thanks, Andy. He's, he's finally got a decent-sized bottle as well, for those of you that have been tracking the, the, the generosity of this man. So. <laughs> Okay, so we're in Matthew chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 18. Uh, This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus." Lord God, Lord God, this, Lord, this time of year, Lord, we Lord, remember, Lord, Lord, the greatest, Lord, miracle of all time, oh God, that you, Lord, Lord, could become, Lord, human, that you could come, Lord, in, in our form, oh God, oh Lord, and you could, oh Lord, Lord, set aside, Lord, Lord, the privileges of heaven, oh God, the glory of heaven, oh God, oh Lord, all of the the attributes that you as the Almighty had, Lord, you set that aside, came into our world, O oh God. Oh, Lord, and, and, and Lord, we're so grateful, Jesus. And Lord, you've Lord, given us your word, O oh God. And tonight, Lord, you're here with us, Jesus. Now pray, O oh God, oh Lord, that you speak to us. Lord, have your way, Lord. Have your way in me, Jesus, Lord. Oh, Lord, bring to my mind, Lord, the things that you want to speak tonight, Lord, in your name. Amen. Amen. So we're, we're looking at uh, the person of Joseph, and I haven't heard him spoke on 
I don't know if I've ever heard him spoke on, and uh, we don't know an awful lot about him, but I think we can learn some things uh, from this character, Joseph. I, I did put a title on tonight, uh, Fostering Jesus, because Joseph, in a sense, was, became a, a foster father to Jesus. Um, so I've been, I've been, over this last sort of little while, I've been just looking at the home life of Jesus and just, just found I could glean some things, learn some things, and just find it very interesting, you know, the, that, that whole uh, season of, of the home of Joseph and Mary and, and Jesus with them. So uh, Joseph, he's, he's an interesting character. Um, he, he, he's a descendant of Judah. He's of, of the, the lineage of Judah, one of, one of Israel's sons. And down through that lineage, you eventually get to King David. He is also a descendant, I suppose, a son of King David. And if you go on down through the, the lineage, which you have actually there in, in Matthew, you get to uh, Joseph's immediate father, and his immediate father's name was Jacob. And, uh, and I, I find that quite interesting because we know that the, the name Jacob means heel catcher or usurper or deceiver. And uh, very often when you, when you see a name in the Bible, it's telling you something about the person that the name is given to. That's, that's, we, we see that in, in the, the first Jacob way back in the previous generations, um, who, whose name was changed to Israel. But, but Joseph's immediate father was called Jacob, heel catcher. Uh, so we can maybe surmise that, that this man had a few character defects, uh, this Jacob as well. And then Joseph's name means let him add. Or, or make, or continue. It's, it's, uh, it's. I suppose it, it carries the the idea of of making a contribution. And uh, so I, I, I want to, I suppose, straight out, just encourage you with a thought, um, that tonight you or I may be the son of a heel catcher. We may be the son of a less than savory father, somebody who maybe did not live up to a good reputation. We may have had a difficult childhood. We may have had a difficult home. We may have had a difficult life. But we can still be a net contributor of good as Joseph was. You know, it would seem to me that Joseph's father, home life, was, was maybe a little difficult, but he was an honorable man. He was a good man. Um, and he was obviously purposed and called by the Lord for good works planned in advance for him to do. So l let me say this at the outset of our little character study tonight. It doesn't matter what your background is. It does not matter because Jesus has called you, and Jesus has equipped you, and Jesus has put a new life within you. Your old life is gone, even if the past was, your, was your, of your own doing. The disappointing things in your past was of your own doing. You are a new creation tonight. And so, therefore, the calls of God are, are, are for you. There are, there are things planned by God 
for you good things that will stand for eternity. Hallelujah. And so, uh, so, so we see Joseph uh, being a, a, a contributor. Matthew 13 tells us, uh, if, if, if you flick over there, it tells us that Joseph was a carpenter. And uh, judge, judging by what's revealed in the scripture about the character of Joseph, I would surmise, I would guess that he was a good carpenter. And he certainly would have been honorable in, in how he priced the job and that he would have uh, done, a, done a, a good day's work for a fair price. And his word was his bond. I, w- I would imagine him, you know, from what we see of, of his character, that, that he was honorable in all his dealings and had a good reputation, was, was, of, was of good character. And I imagine he did a good job as a carpenter. And, and it's something important, brothers and sisters. It's something that, that we should endeavor to be is, is excellent in, in our ways, excellent in the things that God has given us to do in the way of employment or, or even outside of employment, good works, whatever he has put in front of us to do, we should do well because we are actually doing it Onto the Lord. We are serving the Lord in the things that we do. We are actually worshiping the Lord in the way we conduct our, our employment, our, our affairs, our, our ministry lives, the things we do on a volunteer basis. We're doing those onto the Lord as well. And just because we don't get a monetary payment for them doesn't mean that we, we give any less diligence to those things. So, uh, so it's, it's something, and I think it's worth noting as well, that, that Jesus grew up in this home with Joseph and would have spent, I would think, the first 30 years of his life in this environment of being a carpenter. You know, because he didn't start his, his ministry until, until, you know, we know later in life, you know, he, he, until he was about 30 so, so therefore, the first 30 years of his life were in this, this work environment. And it was a good thing. I've dabbled myself in a little bit of carpentry, um, if you could call it that. There's something very satisfying about doing it. Let me recommend impact drivers to you. If you haven't heard of an impact driver and you want to do a little bit of carpentry, look it up. They are amazing tools but it's a good thing to work hard, brothers and sisters, and do a good job and bring worship onto the Lord in that way. In fact, the Bible would rebuke idleness and would rebuke us for not providing for the needs of, of our families and those around us. So, so he was a carpenter, and, and Joseph lived in this uh, town called Nazareth, and we're not told an awful lot about how the engagement to Mary came about. But we do know that, that he was betrothed or, or engaged to Mary. And I'm sure, like any man, he had hopes for his life. He would have hoped, I suppose, for, for a wife, a, a home, and a family. And, and in a wife, I'm sure he was, he was looking for... Uh, someone he could trust, 
someone who he could share his, his deepest, most intimate parts of his life and, 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 their, and, and journey and, and struggle and find in her a partner in, in the, the cause of, of survival and, and, and mutual care. And they, they together would have had obligations too. When, when, when they got married, they would have had obligations to look after parents and to look after those around them and, and other societal obligations. In those days, uh, betrothal or, or engagement was a little different than it is here today in Ireland. And you could expect in those days that, that it was the parents that planned this. So the parents of, of both, both families got together and thought that, that Joseph and Mary would have made a good couple. And I know we have, we have people here in Cork Church from uh, countries far away and places where arranged marriages are normal. And uh, so, so we have people who would understand this approach to marriage. And they, they maybe didn't know each other very well at all, Joseph and Mary. They, they would have come together and they would have made a commitment. And Ephesians talks about this, that husbands, you're to love your wives and wives, you're to respect your husbands. And this was, this was how marriage, what was to happen. And it maybe didn't start until they actually were, were living together. Wouldn't have even, they wouldn't have even had much contact before actually being married. During their engagement time, they might, mightn't have had much time together. But it was planned, and there would have been a whole uh, set of negotiations and plans and arrangements put in place. And Joseph would have had to go and, and provide, go about preparing a place for his bride to live. Does it sound familiar? You know, there's somebody preparing a place for us, brothers and sisters, a place. Christ is preparing a place to bring his bride to. Uh, Joseph would have had to go and, and prepare a place for Mary to come. And this would have, this would have meant putting together a home. And uh, I'm sure there's, there's lots of hard work and, and lots of planning. And, and, and as he was building this home, as he was putting in all his evenings into it, as he was trying to, to provide this, 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 this place, I'm sure there was a lot of hope and a lot of joy went into it and a lot of great expectation and in turn, so he would have had to provide this, and there's possibly bridal prices and things that he would have had to pay, and there's all these things that went into it. They would have had to figure out how the, the wedding itself was going to be financed. And then Mary would have had to bring herself to this. So, so her, what she was bringing to this marriage was, was her as a person. She was giving herself to uh, Joseph. She was bringing her virginity, her care, her, her love, her support, and hopefully down the road, children. So whenever Joseph hears this news, can you imagine, brothers and sisters, in, in that society, to be with a child out of wedlock was a, was a disgrace. It Adultery was a, was a serious thing. 
And it was very, very, well, well, we've seen later on, didn't we? The adulterous woman was brought to Jesus and how those people were going to treat her. And, and it was a very serious thing and, a, and it would have been a, a very big disappointment for someone to be found to be with child. And you can imagine Joseph, Joseph being so disappointed he had found a wife, somebody of, of good reputation and probably from a good home or an upstanding home. And he'd found somebody and all of a sudden he hears this, this news. It must have come into his, his paradigm just like a whirlwind. And shook him to his core. This, this lady is claiming that, that she's pregnant, but she hasn't been with another man. She's claiming that an angel has visited her. She's claiming that the child is of the Holy Spirit. And he is having to hear this, and he's having to, to, to deal with this. What does all this mean? How, how do you cope in this sort of, I suppose, legalistic and, and very, uh, very legal society? How do, how do you deal with something like this? He didn't deserve this. This wasn't what he planned. This wasn't what he'd hoped for. And he's got a real dilemma on his hands, his, his reputation. If he covers this, this pregnancy, if he brings her into his home, then his character's in question. Was it, was it him who brought her to be pregnant? His morals could be questioned. And he's got this dilemma in a, in a small town like Nazareth. I grew up in a small town called Letterkenny. And everybody knew everything about everybody. Everybody knew, did I say that right? Everybody knew everything about everybody. And that's the way it is in small communities, in small towns. People know what, what's going on. And so he was having to do business. His, his reputation, he, he could be ostracized. This was going to be difficult. He could be shunned. There was going to be rumors. What sort of a wedding would that be? Very different here in our generation and, and in Cork. What about Mary's families? What, what, about, what about her parents? What about their reputation? And what about Mary herself? And Joseph seems to be, he, he, he wants to be righteous. And I love this about Joseph. When you look at him, he wants to be righteous. And he wants to be compassionate. And he wants to be merciful. And I think he, he, gives, us, he gives us a great mix of attributes to aspire to. He, he, he doesn't seem to react out of self-preservation. He doesn't seem to react out of anger. But he's genuinely concerned for Mary, for her, for her family, for the whole situation. 
And I think it's, man, it's great for us to aspire to that, to be, to be loving in a, in a really practical way. This man, he desired to be right with God and to love people, to care for people. And the truth is we can't love Jesus and be casual with what Jesus is concerned about. We can't love sin and, and love Jesus. And Joseph, Joseph didn't want to be unrighteous, and he wants to do right by Mary. Proverbs 79 says this, Whoever conceals an offense promotes love. Joseph wanted to protect Mary from being exposed. And Proverbs says that whoever conceals an offense promotes love. And tonight, if you're offended by somebody, if you're offended by what somebody has done to you, can I, can I just suggest, first of all, conceal it. Conceal it. Don't expose it. Don't bring it out for everybody to examine. Conceal it. Deal with it. Forgive it. You know, if you have to confront somebody, if you have to go and talk to somebody about it, then do that. The Bible would, 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 would turn us that direction and forgive. That's love. That's love. And this is, this is Joseph's dilemma in, a, in the situation he finds himself in. What does righteousness and compassion, what does it look like in this situation where, where his fiancée is pregnant? And whatever path he takes has challenges and implications. And the Bible tells us that, that while he slept, an angel visited him in a dream and speaks to him. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name of Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. An angel addresses him in, a, in an unusual way. The angel says, calls him Joseph, son of David. And the name David, interestingly, means loving. And as we talked about, Joseph means to add to, to contribute. And Mary's name is actually comes from Miriam. And it actually comes from the word bitter. And what, what the angel is saying, even, even through the names, he's saying to, to Joseph, keep on loving, Joseph. You're the son of David. You're the son of love. You're the son of, of loving. Keep on loving, David, and bring this merry situation. Bring this, this bitter situation. Bring this struggle situation into your home. Bring this into your home. Don't be afraid because what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And brothers and sisters, sometimes we find ourselves in situations where we're called to, to, to be a part of difficult and, and, and trying things and sometimes bitter things. And things that are, are hard to go through and hard to process and hard to digest. But there are two things that, that we must 
understand, and, and this is what the angel says. First of all, the Holy Spirit has conceived it. This is of the Holy Spirit, and this is what we must know in our lives, brothers and sisters, that what we are about to participate in is of the Holy Spirit. That's all we need to know, is that God has brought this about, and God is leading us into this, and it may be challenging, and it may be difficult, but we don't have to be afraid. He said, Joseph, don't be afraid. This is conceived by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brought it about. And the second thing is, it's the way of love. It's the way of love. If you're struggling with a, with a, a difficult set of circumstances that you feel that you, you need to walk through, is the Holy Spirit part of it? And go the way of love. Go the way of love. I see it, I see it in our church, brothers and sisters. Some, some of our ministries, we, we deal with, with a lot of difficulties. There are a lot of people here in this congregation tonight, and you, you go into and you minister to people that are struggling with things and into different situations. Why? Because it's conceived of the Holy Spirit, and it's the way of love. It's David ministry. Hallelujah. In verse 24, it says this, when, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. And this was, I love the courage of Joseph here. We see the man that he, he hears from an angel and he steps into it. He moves right into it. He takes her into his home. And this is, this is obedience despite all of the fears of what this was going to do to him reputationally, all of the, the challenges that were going to come about. And Joseph becomes the foster father of Jesus. Now we know that the real father of Jesus is, is God. But here's the question. Who was, Joseph was going to provide for Jesus. But who was providing for Joseph? God was. Who was providing for, for, for all of Joseph's needs and Mary's and Jesus? God was. God had this plant. God had, had made a way for them. Who was protecting Joseph, Mary, and Jesus? God was. But Joseph had this wonderful privilege of becoming the foster father of Jesus. Now I see, I see two really important qualities in Joseph's, Joseph's life that I think are, are, are key to his success. Let, let's read in Matthew chapter 2, verse 19. After Herod died, oh, sorry, we have to read a little earlier. Verse, uh, not verse 19. Um, verse 13. When they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph. This is when the wise men had departed. In a dream saying, arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt 
and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And Joseph, Joseph gets this instruction again from an angel in a dream that he was to take the child and, and Mary and go to Egypt. And here we see uh, in, Joseph's, in Joseph's life this immediate willingness to obedience. He was straight away willing to obey what was said to him. Actually, we see it, we see, we see it numerous times in Joseph's life. And brothers and sisters, when God said to him, go, he went. When God said to him, take Mary into your home, he took Mary into his home. And he rises, he, he is willing to, to receive an instruction from the Lord and rise and go with that instruction without question. It, it seems like he, where other people said, how can this be possible, Lord? How will we do this? You know, and what strength will I go? Will you go with me? You know, di different, there was different conversations that happened when people got instructions from the Lord. But Joseph straight away rises and he goes. And he goes to Egypt. And I love this. And I believe that this obedience in the life of Joseph, well, we see it. Joseph brings through this obedience, he brings his family to safety. And I want to speak to us here, brothers and sisters. Your obedience and my obedience, our obedience to the Lord is important for our safety, for our, for our success, even in family life. Here, your, your, our obedience, brothers and sisters, is important for bringing up children. They need, to, they need to be children of parents who are obedient to the Lord. It's part of, of, of keeping your children safe is to be obedient. Imagine if Joseph hadn't have went. Well, I, I believe God would have protected in another way. It wasn't going to be. But, but he, would have, he would have left the baby Jesus in danger in Bethlehem. Or Nazareth, wherever they were. So it's important, brothers and sisters, it's important for our safety, it's important for our families, it's important for success in whatever ministry God has given us and whatever uh, life God has given us, that we are obedient. There is no getting around it. There's no debating with the Lord. We, um, obedience is key. It is important. And, and the Bible puts a big emphasis on it. Proverbs 4, 6 says this, Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. Wisdom comes from the Lord, brothers and sisters. It's his directions. It's his statutes. It's his word. And here's the second reason that, that Joseph was successful in his journey as a father. It says that Joseph waited until he heard from God to go back to Israel. He waited for the angel to speak to him again. And they had gone to this, this land of Egypt, a foreign land, a different community, different gods. I'm sure it was, it was difficult for them. 
We, we're not sure exactly how long they were there, but it could have been up to two years, scholars reckon. It could have been shorter than that. But anything up to two years they could have spent in Egypt. But Joseph waited. He waited. He didn't move on whenever he felt the time was right. He waited on the Lord. He stayed where God had put him. He, he did not move beyond the instructions of God. And brothers and sisters, these are, these are simple things. Obedience and to be able to wait on the Lord are important. It may be uncomfortable. It is hard, brothers and sisters. Sometimes it gets very uncomfortable in the places where God puts us. Can I hear an amen, an amen tonight? Some of the situations that God lands us in are very, very uncomfortable. And we really don't want to be there. It, and it may be uncomfortable in your Egypt situation. Maybe you're in a, a work situation that you really want to get out of. But God has put you there and you can't move. And God does that. And I've had it in my life. I've been in places where, God, I just want to get out of here. I want out of this, Lord. And he doesn't let me move. And I, I've, I suppose I've made that decision. I'm not going somewhere unless the Lord has taken me there. But here's the thing, brothers and sisters. Don't run from a place called difficult to a place called death. Because back in, in Bethlehem, they were slaughtering the babies. And, and th this is important, brothers and sisters. We have to wait in the place where God has put us. It may not seem nice. It may not seem comfortable. But it is the best place in the entire universe for us to be. That's the truth. Because that's where God has put us to bless us. To, to make us useful in his kingdom. To make us successful in the things that he's called us to. Don't run from the place called difficult to a place called death. Wait on the Lord. Wait on him. Trust him. Do you know, he is the giver of all good gifts. But let me tell you as well, he knows when to give those good gifts. And if you give, you, you take a, a car and you want to give a car to your child and if your child is, is 17 and got their driving license, that's fine. But if the child is five years old, don't give them the car. It may. And, and our Heavenly Father knows the timing of good gifts, of generous gifts. And the timing is as important as the gift itself. Wait on Him. Trust Him. If you're waiting on a job, if you're waiting on a, a, a provision, if you're waiting on a life partner, if you're, if you're waiting on, uh, for, for God to do something in a ministry, wait, trust him. And he'll give it in his good time. He will. And so we see that, that Joseph was, had these two lovely qualities about him, obedience and the ability to wait on God. And 
we've already said it. He had Joseph in his life. He had this amazing opportunity to foster Jesus. And can you imagine Joseph picking up the little baby Jesus and carrying him maybe as they walked to Egypt and, um, you know, feeding him? No, he probably couldn't have fed him, could he? Not until he was a little bit older. Um, before Jesus could light a fire, Joseph would have lit a fire and provided warmth. What, what an amazing privilege it was. And they, they, like Jesus would have been grown up in, in Nazareth. And there, there was the innuendos going around, questions about uh, their, their, their family and the pregnancy and so on. And, but Joseph and Mary, they had instructions that they heard from angels. They had a word from God. And they willingly went into this, this life of, of bringing up Jesus. And Joseph became the foster father to Jesus. And he provided care, provision, protection, and love to Jesus. And as we're closing tonight, I want us to to Matthew chapter 25, verse 34. Twenty-five, verse thirty-four. Then the king will say to those on his right, "Come, you, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me." I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry, feed you, or thirsty, and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? Then the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these Brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. You did for me. And brothers and sisters, tonight I want to encourage us that, that G, uh, Joseph had this wonderful opportunity to foster Jesus and to care for him and to love him and to show him, uh, I suppose, uh, affection and honor. And brothers and sisters, what, what we, we have a similar opportunity we have a lovely opportunity to bless Jesus by looking out for the least of these, the, the, the ones around us. I remember just, just on, on, I was moved on Sunday. Uh, we had our Filipino service and Jeanette, uh, Adolfo's wife, got up and, and I, I don't think she'll mind me sharing this, but when she came to Ireland, she had a difficult time you know, just in, in settling in and being removed from her, her home country and, and being here and, and not being yet part of a community and, and having some struggles settling in. And, and it just moved me, brothers and sisters, that there are people around us in need. There are people around us that are lonely. There are people even within our church that are struggling. There are people that come in to feed Cork. There is need in our communities. There, there, there is need all around us, brothers and sisters. 
And we, me and you, we have this lovely opportunity to be, I'm coining the phrase, fostering Jesus, to show care to the little ones and in doing so, to show care to Jesus. And, and we can bring joy to the heart of God. We can bring joy to Jesus. We can bring a type of care to Jesus by loving these little ones. And I want to stir us up tonight, brothers and sisters, because I believe that's where God is bringing us to, that this Christmas, that this season, we would be a people of love in our obedience. In our obedience, we'd find, we'd find a safe place that we could bring people to. In our ability to wait, brothers and sisters, God would provide for us that which we need to bless others. To bless others. And we are called to care for the, that, that which Jesus cares for. And so this Christmas, can I encourage you, we've we got a season coming up now and we've got a few weeks and then we're going to go into a season of prayer where we'll, we'll lift up the needs of our church and those around us and we'll care in that way as well. But brothers and sisters, can I stir us up tonight to be a people of love, to be a people who will love Jesus by loving each other. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Matthew 18.5 says this, whoever welcomes one of these little ones in my name welcomes me. It's fostering Jesus. Fostering Jesus. I don't know about you. Jesus has done so much, so much for us. We, we, you brought us around the Lord's table tonight. We are rich. We have good instruction. We are well-led, brothers and sisters. Even if we can't see it all the time, we know it's true. We're well-led. Even if we have to wait, it's still good. It's good. This is a good life that God has given us. And it's given us to us that we can bless others. And that way we will have the most blessed of Christmases. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.